0: Or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Get your Bibles and stand with me in honor to the reading of the word if you Have ever wondered where we get that that honor of standing? In the book of Ezra, the Bible speaks about that they got the, the word of the Lord and all the people stood. It's honor, not to the man of God, but to the word of God. We honor you, Lord, for your word. I'm going to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. A story, if you have been in church for any length of time, you have heard before. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. Look at the wording, please, of the story. Let's take a minute and let it soak in. And she was in bitterness of soul. She didn't gossip about it. She didn't complain about it. The Bible said, and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me, And not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto me thy handmaid a man-child. She not only prayed for a baby, she prayed for a certain gender, didn't she? Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued, somebody say continued, praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, she spake in her own heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful sorrowful spirit. I have drunken neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. So her pouring out her soul looked like a drunk person unto Eli. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And he said, let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance, listen to this, was no more sad. I like that. She didn't have a baby, but her countenance has changed because she had a promise. Heavenly Father, we love you today, and we thank you for your word. It is divinely appointed. Help me to convey what has been pressured upon my heart for where we are at MPC, oh God, and where we need to go, and what we need to be. Help us today, Lord Jesus, in this word to you be all glory and praise. And let everybody say amen. Praise God. You can be seated. My topic tonight is in this thought barren to blessed barren to blessed now this is where you bring in mail and helps me out isn't she a beautiful baby nothing changes a family like babies nothing a new car a new house Nothing changes the dynamic of a family like a baby. They are the greatest human treasures that we have on this world. Nothing can match a child, a grandchild. Can I I get an amen? Can I get amen for that? Nothing. Children are the heritage of the Lord. Nothing in this life compares to that amazing birth of a precious baby. Babies are astonishing, beautiful, awe-inspiring, amazing babies. And if it's yours and your grandkids, I don't care what anybody else says or anybody else thinks, they're the most beautiful thing on the planet right now. Praise God. Bringing a child into this world, though, starts with a dream. It is based on, of course, naturally, what we talk about a natural birth of child, based upon a legitimate relationship of marriage. Then you get into the idea of planning and preparing. That all starts before conception, before marriage even. Uh, especially young ladies are thinking about the possibilities of having a family and children. Expectate, expectation intensifies. Once that little bundle of joy is known to be on the way, oh, praise be to God. Uh, There's no time to relax when a a mother is expecting. There's a lot to do. You got a a, a hospital has got to be picked out. A a reputable doctor has got to be picked out. You want that birth to be successful, so you're going to find the best, most capable situation for it to happen prenatal classes have to be uh, uh, attended and joined and be a part about that. Then the baby names. Anybody enjoy picking out your baby's names? Anybody had a, had a fun time doing that? That's very interesting. You know, books on the proper care of, and feeding of babies are read. and then there's this instinct. Mm. God put an instinct in a mom and a dad on raising kids, and watch you watch is as, as, as a new mom will begin to take care of a child out of instinct because it's built in by God. But time and treasures are invested when a new baby is born. Time and treasure. Schedules immediately begin to be altered before the baby is born and sure enough after the baby is born. Can I get a witness? anticipation and excitement uh, of those that are expecting. Hey, uh, Land, but I said, wave at me, Sister Kylie, wave at me, whoo praise God, Sister Jesse, amen, that, that are expecting these babies. Uh, it's the topic of conversation, that's all that is talked about. That's what it's talked about. We talk about the babies coming. We talk about the kids after they're born. Amen. Then we find that actual moment of birth where it is horrifying and exhilarating all at the same time. The new life that comes is unique. The DNA of a baby has its own. It, it, it has its own DNA. It has its own fing- fingerprints and has its own unique uh, 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 I- identity, as it were. But that, that fancy purse that mama used to carry has been traded now for a diaper bag the size of a Walmart shopping cart. <clears throat> Sleek leather seats that once made your car look so good are now stained crumbs are in the carpet and the car and in the house and once when that 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 house was always pristine when you got little ones around there there's something that changes and you you can clean it up in the next second it's there again y'all going to help me preach tonight i'm preaching the truth to you Amen. We find that sleep nearly becomes a dream. You dream about the possibility of sleeping when a new baby comes. Bottles have to be prepared. Diapers have to be changed. Oh, I need to tell somebody about my first diaper changing experience. It was a doozy. It's not suitable for this message. Runny noses have to be wiped. Amen. And, and, and can anybody ever stop those bouts of ceaseless crying when you don't know what they need and you, you, you feed them, you, you, you change them, you rock them, you do everything you can to help them because you don't know exactly what they're needing? And, and, but oh, the joy that a baby brings to a family. Oh, the joy that a baby brings to a family. Having Sister Gill and I having to deal with uh, uh, the first five years of not being able to have a child, barrenness on the other hand is, is at the end of the other end of the spectrum. It's an emotional roller coaster because of the pain and the desperation and the challenges of not being able to have a child. There is, there's bouts of immeasurable emptiness. There is a void that seemingly cannot be filled with anything else. You can buy you a dog and call it your child. But that doesn't make it so. Somebody help me?) <clears throat> There, there, there's, there's the missing of the first, the first words, the first steps, the, the first this and the first that. Uh, there, there, there's that missing of a, a pitter patter of feet that, that, that constantly run through the house and not being able to see that child. You can think about things like, uh, man, I'll never see them open a gift uh, at Christmas time. I need, I want, I want to have a baby so bad. The writer of Proverbs says that there are three things that are never. Satisfied. And one of them, he said, is the barren womb. Barren in this context of my message today is not about a natural barren, but rather a spiritual barren. Can I tell you that we are designed by God if we have been born again of water and spirit. We are designed to be producers. We are designed to be fruitful. We are designed to carry out uh, uh, gifts and ministries and do things in the kingdom of God that is constantly reproducing after our kind. If God has given you the ministry of uh, of a Sunday school teacher, you're designed to reproduce other Sunday school teachers. If God has given you a talent uh, uh, when it comes to music or when it comes to other things uh, that that you may do, from a drum to a a guitar, you want to reproduce after its kind. God wants a church that's not dealing with barrenness, but dealing with fruitfulness. A church that's not dealing with barrenness, but dealing with blessings. Can somebody say amen? Hannah's story gives for us a spiritual backdrop in a natural setting. Here we find Hannah of the Bible is barren. She cannot have a child. She has a good husband, but she has no children. Hannah was blessed, but she had no child on her own. Amen. Notice this, that Hannah's barrenness did not change the fact that her husband loved her. Amen. You and I are still loved even when we are are not as fruitful as we should be spiritually. To get the the whole sense of this story of Hannah, you have to know a little bit of the backdrop of the culture and the setting. When we open up the book of Samuel, things are looking pretty bleak. Israel is in crisis both naturally and spiritually, nationally and spiritually. The Philistines are threatening, the judges are corrupt, the priesthood is perverted, and nobody is quite sure what will emerge out of this concoction of a culture gone bad. The Bible said there was no open revelation. The word was precious in those days because there was no open revelation. The people of God needed a change. They were actually in a state of barrenness spiritually. Israel was in a state of barrenness and brokenness. But it took a mama that had a heart for a child that her heart was grieved and would weep and she would pray. The Bible said her heart was grieved and she began to open up her heart with the bitterness of her soul. Amen. But I've come to tell you that Hannah's story tells us there's hope for the barren. There's hope for those that need to produce some spiritual gifts in their life. There is hope for those that have ministries hidden in them that have yet to be birthed. But because they have not not been birthed. There is a a, a bitterness of soul. You know you should be doing something but you're not doing it. You know that you should be producing something but it's not coming to pass. I wonder here tonight if there is a feeling spiritually in the heart of this church that says, oh God, I am tired of feeling barren in my gifts. I'm tired of feeling, feeling barren in my ministry. It's time for me to pray until heaven begins to move on my behalf. Hannah had a bold and daring move. She went to prayer, and she was in bitterness of soul, and she wept sore, and she began to pray. The Bible said her mouth was moving, but there was no words coming out. I see a woman that is in agony, and she cannot find the vocabulary to say what is in her heart, but she's desperate. She is desperate to have a child, and her mouth is is, is, is in this mode, but her heart is being poured out to, to God. Oh, there's something inside of Hannah that says, give me a child. Give me a child. Let me produce something. Lord, let me produce something. She went so far as to say, Lord, if you will give me a man-child, I'll turn. Turn around and I'll give him back to you. Lord, if you'll give me a man child, I'll make sure he's a Nazarite. I'll make sure he has a vow, amen, to live for you all the days of his life. And she continued to pray. She continued to pray. And oh, Eli, the, 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 he, was, he was just a little bit cold in the Lord. No, he was a lot cold in the Lord. She thought He thought she was a drunk. And she said, no, I'm sorrowful in spirit. Oh, and I've been pouring out my soul to the Lord. It is time for some people under the sound of my voice to look at yourself in the mirror and say, what am I producing? I stirred in a meeting. I've heard a calling years ago. or I, I, I was touched in the revival, but I want to look at myself and say, it's time for me to produce something. It is time for me to birth something. It is time for me to go for. From a feeling of barrenness to a feeling of production. I want to show you three things that Hannah did that took her from barren to blessing. Number one, she prayed with deep desperation there was none of this bless me now lead me and guide me touch me lord let's go to mcdonald's business but there was uh, 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 in this situation uh, uh, she was driven to prayer of desperation her bitterness of soul her affliction affliction, amen and her continuing in prayer she is saying give me a child I need to have a child I'm desperate for you to use me Lord I am desperate for you Lord to, to, to take my life and let me be fruitful amen since the revival I've had more than one I've had several that have come to me and said oh pastor the Lord spoke to me and he just put something in my heart and I want to do it. Uh, let me talk to you today and say, don't let that die. Don't let that calling die. Just just say, oh, I'm waiting for a nudge, and tonight is your nudge. Tonight is your nudge. As your pastor, I'm saying, let's find a prayer of desperation and pray until there is a conception, until that baby is conceived inside of you, until there is a vision. I'm moving from barren to blessed. I'm moving from not producing to producing. I'm going to take my life no matter where I am. You may be a single young lady or man What well, God wants to move you into a fruitful place. You may be a part of the golden ages but God wants to move you to a fruit, fruitful place. You might be a new grandma or grandpa. God wants to move you into a fruitful place. It's time to say, Oh God, let me produce something for you. Are you desperate enough? See, that's what grandbabies do. They help you preach. How do we respond to a barren situation? How do we respond when we feel like we need to see our altars full of people filled with the Holy Ghost, our baptism full with people being buried in the name of Jesus. Amen. How are we going to respond? We can have a prophetic word that we're going to produce that, but if we don't have a prayer of desperation, it will never happen. If we don't have a serious uh, heart that says, oh, Lord, let me have a child. Let me have a child. Amen. In the 16th century, a man by the name of John Knox stood out against the horror and the wickedness of, of those that had, had lived away from God. And with courage and zeal, he had a great move of God in his time. At one point, as he prayed in the garden outside of the church in Edinburgh, he, meant he was heard to pray, great God, give me Scotland. Or I die. Give me Scotland or I die. Amen. We, 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 we tend to pray like this. Oh Lord, if you find a chance and opportunity to use me, so be it. But let me go on about my my Hulu business. Let me go about my daily task. Let me go about my, my life. But I'm praying, God, disrupt us. Disrupt us with a desire and a passion to produce things. Oh, God, that bring you glory. That bring you honor. This beautiful bundle of joy that the Browns have brought here tonight cannot survive without mom and daddy. We think that we could produce things in life in ministry that we'll just just we'll just say it, we'll talk about it. A, amen. But you gotta take care of it after you produce it. If God gives you a vision to do something in the house of the Lord. You can't wait for pastor always to give you every single tool, everything that you need to do. You can't wait for all the organization. Sometimes you just gotta get out there and do it. Get out there. I'm talking to people that have the character, that have the nature, that have the gifting. God be praised in this hour for a church that is loaded with talent, loaded with gifts, but oh let us produce babies. Babies that then produce babies. Babies that produce babies. Let's see this world that we live in turn upside down. So the first thing is that she prayed a prayer of desperation. We got to be serious about this. We got to be serious about this. Jesus said in Mark 16 and 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How many know there's some creatures in Medora? How many know there's creatures in Jackson County? There's some creatures in Washington County. Uh, there's some creatures in Lawrence County that need the gospel preached. We're not try, We're not proselyting to other churches. No, we're gonna go find people that are lost without God and see them saved. Help them get to the gospel. Help them to find an answer. Amen. There are people that are on the verge of suicide right now that need your ministry, that need your voice, that need your kindness. There are people whose marriages are falling apart that need you to reach out and to help them. There are people today right here in our town that are bound by drugs and alcohol. Somebody, somebody say, dear Lord, just, just just, show me what I'm supposed to do. That comes from a prayer of desperation. That doesn't come from a good idea. It doesn't come just simply because you thought about it. It becomes because you go to prayer and you pray and everybody don't understand. Your mouth is moving and the words are coming out. Oh, but there's desperation in your voice that said, oh God, like Rachel, give me children or I die. Amen. Give me children or I die. Paul put it like this in 1 Corinthians 9 and 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity, necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Necessity is laid upon me. Do you feel a necessity in that ministry God is dealing with you about? Do you feel an urgency? Amen. You might feel like you're unqualified. Well, the next thing she did is that she said, Lord, if you'll give me a child, I'll give him to you with a vow. He's going to take a vow. The second thing that will help us go from barren to blessed is going to be a commitment and a vow that says, oh God, I'm giving myself to you. I'm giving myself. Oh, church, I don't know if you you, you can feel it in your spirit, but I can feel it in my spirit today. There are ministries sitting in these pews that are waiting to produce, and you're waiting for something a, a spectacular to happen. But I'm telling you green light, if you're a Holy Ghost filled, water baptized, amen, you're living a good, honest, clean life, go, go, get going, get going, get moving, and let us produce things in the kingdom of God. If you're waiting for a position, you'll be waiting for a long time. But let's birth through our prayer and through Our commitment. Jumping to 1 Samuel 1 and 11. The Bible says she vowed a vow and said, Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. The blessing from barren to blessing Comes with deep prayer and a a heart of commitment. Okay, I'm gonna preach pastorally for a minute. Commitment is not one day when you're red hot about it, going after it, and the next day when you're cooled down and everything's falling apart, forget it. Can't do that, Brother Austin, with that baby, can you? You can't just go back to the hospital and say, Here, I want a refund. Probably won't. How many parents wanted to do that? My brothers told me, he said, we got you from the police. And if you act up, we're going to take you back there. I didn't know anything different. There's got to be a consistency that says, I'm showing up every day. I'm going to be, I'm going to, there are some days, yeah, I know you don't feel like it and, and and I understand I get that all too well. But there's got to be a commitment that says I'm sticking to this. This is a, something I want. This is something God has given to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on until I get to that point. Would somebody lift your hands and praise to the Lord? the priesthood working, give me a son and he'll bring in the king Give me a sub, give me something, Lord. Hallelujah. What is a missionary that is sitting somewhere in, in, in a house here in Medora that's sitting on a couch? Amen. He's got a beer in one hand and a smoking joint in the other hand. Oh, what if he is the next missionary to turn the world upside down? What if he's the next bishop walls? Oh, that somebody can say, I'll go find that guy. Oh, Lord, let me turn him loose. It's time to say, I wait till. Tomorrow, no longer. It's now. This is a now moment. God needs a new priesthood, so we'll raise them up. We'll raise it up. The Great Commission of Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, "All power is given unto me." In heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Look at this verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. Lo, I'm with you always, even in the end of the world. We don't have to debate about the the, the the title baptism. We know where we stand on that. But look what it says in verse 20. Go teach them. What does that mean? Go make disciples. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. Don't just complain about that homeless place. Don't just complain about that certain house in town. Don't just complain about the drug house down the way. Let us say, oh God, let us find an answer if it takes prayer and fasting. But babies take a commitment, don't they? Babies take a commitment. The third thing, she prayed earnestly. She had a vow. And the third thing is that she gave her baby back to God. (laughs) Oh, praise God. I want you to look here. Are you looking at me? When we evangelized, I knew that eventually the Lord was leading me to a pastoral ministry. I would ask pastors this question. What do you think it takes to make a good pastor? I had an old bishop look at me. He had big old thick eyebrows. And he looked kind of squinted at me and he said this, Brother B, he said, have children. I thought that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. I don't need kids to be a good pastor until I had kids. (laughs) Amen. You know what? That's why when your kid starts crying, doesn't bother me one bit. When my grandkids starts acting up, doesn't bother me one bit. Why? Because I realize that some of us are nothing but criers and fussers. and, 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 and We know well enough to be quiet about it. We're just criers and fussers. Amen. If I can put up with the little ones, I can put up with you. Oh, my. Where did that come from? I know where it come from because we are quick to judge people. Because they do not do their ministry like we think they ought to. And we have this list of qualifications for everybody but us. I am preaching now. We have a list of qualifications that they got to fit this and fit that. And then we go out and we're going to be the social police and judge everyone of their posts. They're babies. All of us are babies. We all make mistakes. Yes, there is qualifications. Yes, there is holiness standards. But go, God, give me somebody that's got some gumption to do something, and I'll help them with qualifications, and I'll help them to understand. But don't give me a wet blanket that just wants to pour water on everything and anything that somebody wants to do. I'm saying, God, turn us loose. God, turn us loose in ministry. Turn you loose in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Lord, you give me this baby. I'll give him back to you. After Samuel was weaned, his mother brought her only child to the tabernacle for a lifetime of service and ministry. You may just hear me. You may be just producing something that would be the lifeblood for a lifetime and for generations to follow, she wanted a son. She got desperate in prayer. She got a son. She gave him a commitment and a vow. Mom and dad, y'all need to listen to this. You give your children their commitment and vow when they are young, but when they get older, they have to give their commitment and vow. Hannah discovered what God needed. Listen to this. Hannah discovered what God needed and promised to give God what he needed. She looked at Israel. Israel needed a prophet. And she says, I can wait long enough. If you'll give me a son, we'll produce him. I'll train him. Every year from that day forward, she would bring him a new garment, a new coat. You know what coat is in, in the Old Testament Terminology, it was his identity. It was not Hothni and Phinehas or Eli or any of those others that were there in the house of the Lord, but it was his mama every year that would come and say, Let me tell you who you are, Sam. Let me tell you what you're about, Sam. Let me tell you about the God that gave you to me. Let me tell you about where you come from. Let me tell you not that you're going to grow up and be a nothing and a nobody, but you are a somebody and you have a purpose and you have a destiny. When God needed a man to save the Israelites from starvation, Joseph was born. When God needed a deliverer for his people, Samson was born. When God needed someone to herald the arrival of the Messiah, John the Baptist was born. Do you know what all of these have in common? They all came from a barren womb. Woo! I'm going to tell you, God can take somebody... That's got a desire for a ministry, and you may feel like it's barren right now, but let you produce just one thing. Let something come out of it. There's just one thing, and that one thing may be the key to a whole revival. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.